0: Amen. Now I love being part of the creative team and using creative arts to, to glorify God and to encourage all of us and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to speak tonight about worship through song and prayer and the message that I'm going to share has been inspired through prayer, through the reading of God's word and of, I just want to acknowledge a, a message by Craig Rochelle called True Worshippers. And more specifically, this book, which is by a guy called Bob Coughlin, called True Worshippers, Seeking What Matters to God. But what is worship? And I think for most of us, worship is a term we often use in church. More often than not, it's used when we talk about the singing at church. You might be able to relate to this. After the service, you might say, oh, I really enjoyed the worship this evening. What we really mean is I enjoyed the music or the singing. And yes, we do worship through song, but it's much more than singing. We read this this morning, the dictionary definition of worship. The feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity, or to show reverence and adoration. And friends, we all worship. I love how Craig Rochelle puts it, that worshipping is simply showing what we value, showing what something is worth to us. And if we think about it, there are lots of things that we can worship. Here are some of them. You know, things we, we value, we spend money on, we think are worthy of spending our time on. There's music, there's sports teams and sports people, and of course our interests and hobbies, dancing, boating, fishing, I'm sure you get the idea. And I actually have an example of how somebody or, or people can worship a team or a game. If you know my husband Troy, you'll know that he is a really keen Bronco supporter. And even more so, he loves the um, Queensland team, the Queensland side. Now, talk about giving something value. People spending money on tickets, team merchandise, travelling and attending the game. Passionate football supporters most definitely think their team is worthy of time, money and all cheering. And if you're at a game, there are lots of different ways that you can cheer for your team when they've scored points. You've got the um, high five, it's not so cool. You know, the, the fist pump, the uppercut, the knee slap, and so on. And all of these are accompanied with loud shouts and cheers. During an Origin game a year ago that Troy and his dad were watching, the score was very close, the tension was very high. But thankfully, for the Queensland supporters, there was some spectacular gameplay and Queensland scored a magnificent try. So while Trevor, he celebrated with a knee slap, oh yeah, Troy did the uppercut, you beauty. Now they were sitting really close to each other. (laughs) I kid you not, the knee slap, oh yeah, collided with the uppercut, you beauty. And I kid you not, Trevor ended up with one of the biggest and best black eyes I have ever seen. Worshipping is showing what we value. It's showing what something is worth to us, a black eye in this case. In the final sermon series of The Essential, was, the Essentials, we were reminded that all things, including the justification of sinners and our very lives, are created for the purpose of bringing glory to God. In fact, each of the great solas are summed up in this final motto, Soli Deo Gloria, meaning... To God alone be the glory. You and I have been created to give God glory and he alone is worthy of our worship. So what does the Bible say about worship? A quick internet search will tell you that worship is mentioned about 8,500 times, but let's just look at one. In John four twenty-three, we read, Jesus is talking about true worshipers. Yet a time is coming... And has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. In this verse, Jesus is talking about the attitude of the worshipper or the attitude of the Christian. So what's our attitude towards God? How do we show value and worth to Him? How are we bringing Him glory in the home, at work, at uni, with our friends, at church? And about that, worshipping God at church, let's just spend a little bit of time exploring why we gather, why we come to church each Sunday. We gather each week because God's word tells us to. In Psalm 111 verse 1, which we read before, Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. And Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And this is a long, but I think it's it's a really beautiful quote from Bob Coughlin about when we gather. He says, I might experience a fuller expression of the reality of God's presence as we're singing, It Is Well With My Soul, and a fresh awareness of God's care and sovereignty fills me. As the pastor is preaching, I might be convicted of a sin in a particular area. As somebody prays, my heart might rise up with spirit-inspired faith for a difficult situation I'm facing. All this is normal for the gathered church because as the new temple in Jesus Christ, the church is where God's presence is now typically encountered. I heard a a great illustration, again, about a football team that I think explains how and why corporate worship is so important. If you imagine a football team in a grand final where only 50 spectators have come to watch and support. Now think about another final, kind of like the one playing right now. There are about 90,000 people watching it at the stadium and millions more watching it on television. How much more glory does a team get when it's watched by millions? Donald Whitney, who's an author and a biblical professor, says, public glory obviously brings more glory than does private glory. Likewise, God gets more glory when you worship him with the church than when you worship him alone. As well as being taught and encouraging each other, ultimately what we do on Sunday, friends, is we gather to bring God glory. Our church services are about the audience of one, And as Bob Coughlin says it so succinctly, in every way possible we draw attention to the grace we've been shown in the gospel, bringing glory to God in the process. And one way that we do that in a service, and I'm pretty sure it's not a secret, it's my favourite way, is worshipping God in song. And in the Bible there are around 400 verses that reference singing and 50 verses with direct exhortations to sing. The Psalms are full of them, but let's just look at Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Jesus sang with his disciples. We read about it after the Last Supper in Matthew 26, verse 30. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So we sing because God tells us to, because it is a fantastic tool or form of worshipping him. And I want to share four points on what singing does, and there are so many more. You, You look in God's word, you grab this book if you want to read more. But the first one is that singing encourages the spirit's work. It's really interesting that when Paul talks about singing in Ephesians 5, he uses the analogy of getting drunk, and Ben preached on this a few weeks ago. Reminding us that like being under the influence of alcohol our behaviour changes, so it does when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5 verses 18 and 19 we read, Do not get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Being under the influence of the Holy Spirit produces new life. The Holy Spirit reveals God to us. The Holy Spirit brings wisdom and understanding. And church, when we sing, the Holy Spirit works in supernatural ways, transforming us, giving us a fresh revelation of who God is. The second thing is that singing helps us remember. And I think any primary school teacher or parent will testify to the fact that singing is a fantastic tool To teach children. And even for us adults, studies show that humans memorize best when we use rhyme, meter, and song. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 21, we read about God using music as the means to help his people remember his word. God told Moses to teach the Israelites a song that when many disasters and calamities come on them, This song will testify against them because it will not be forgotten by their descendants. Look again at Colossians 3 verse 16. That word dwell in the verse, it means to reside or to stay. How does he tell us to let the word of Christ, which is the good news of Jesus' saving grace, how does he tell us to let that dwell as we sing? And you know, there was a gentleman by the name of Jerry DeGroote, one of the pioneers of this church. He passed away early last year. Boy oh boy could that gentleman sing. Towards the end of his life he spent some five years in a nursing home and for the last two, he became two years he became less and less aware of those around him and in the end he wasn't really communicating with people. But the December before Jerry passed away the creative team visited that nursing home and we sang songs and Jerry was then mostly staying in his room, in his bed, so we went to his room to sing him a few songs and he didn't really acknowledge us. There was a slight turn of the head when I kissed him hello, but as we sang, O come all ye faithful, we entered the chorus singing, O come let us adore him, O come let us adore him, O come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. His mouth started moving and although not audibly, he sang with us, he knew the words. He remembered the song. Singing helps us remember. The third point is that singing teaches and instructs. When we gather, of course, the whole service looks to bring the teaching of God's word to us and singing is a really important part of that. Again, Colossians 3.16. We see that Paul tells us that as we sing, we also teach and admonish, which means to rebuke or caution one another. We know that singing helps us remember memorizing the truths of who God is memorizing the good news of Jesus saving grace and some examples of how singing teaches and instructs how it's taught me is that when we sung oh the mountains tremble the earth it shakes for my God has heard of the laws I break but he holds the fire of his wrath from me and he sends his son to a cruel tree when we sing that we're teaching and reminding one another that we are sinful that sin is unacceptable to God but He has forgiven us through the blood, through the sacrifice of Jesus. Or turn your eyes upon Jesus, that beautiful hymn, the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. We're admonishing one another that Christ alone is worthy of our attention and our affection. He is greater than the things of this world. Singing teaches and instructs us, his gathered people. The fourth point is that singing encourages physical expressiveness. Now, most examples of physical expression are found in Psalms, through, although the New Testament also includes references to physical expressiveness when we worship God. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 25, so he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. And in First Timothy 2, verse 8, therefore, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer. Now, there are many, many verses which tells us about this which tell us that God use our bodies as a means to bring him glory when we sing. And if you think about other relationships that you have, I don't just say to my kids, I hug you, I actually hug them. And when my kids see their daddy come home from work, they don't just jump up and down a little bit and wave from afar. They run to him, they lift their hands to him, they hug him and embrace him. And in the same way, when I sing about the love of the Father, the forgiveness of my sins by Jesus' blood, I lift my hands in surrender and awe. When I sing about the victory of Jesus' resurrection, I celebrate and give him glory by shouting and clapping and lifting hands in victory. Bob Coughlin says this, Our bodies are another way God has given us to stir up our hearts to respond rightly to his glory. Bowing my head, Lifting my hands or kneeling down can remind me of the humility, gratefulness, and awe I should feel that Jesus has redeemed me. Now, church, I can appreciate that for some of you, worshipping in song is different, difficult for different reasons. Maybe you've never really understood why we sing in church. Maybe you can't really sing. Don't look at the person close to you. Maybe you don't feel like singing because you're tired or you're sad or you're stressed or you're lonely. Maybe you don't really like the song choice or the tempo or the volume. Maybe you feel like a hypocrite. But let me challenge you that whether you can or can't sing, even if it isn't your favourite song or style of music, don't focus on you. Focus on the truths in the song. Focus on who it is that we are singing to. Focus on the one who fills us with gratefulness and joy and sing. And if you're in a tough place, then use the time of song to be reminded of God's goodness, of his faithfulness, of his love. Remember what Jesus has done for you and sing. And if you feel like a hypocrite, you are. We all are. We are sinners. So when we're convicted of our sin, use the time of song to confess and rest in what Christ has done and sing. When Christians sing, we give God the glory he alone is worthy of. Now, before we have another opportunity in a moment to sing, we're going to pray and I just want to spend some time together talking about prayer. And I know that in this room there are some of you who I would call prayer warriors. You pray for others frequently. You've been involved in praying and have witnessed miraculous answers to prayer. You are faithful in praying for others. You are passionate about prayer. And there are others of you, and I know this because you've said it to me, who are not sure how to pray. So let's just clarify that in its simplest definition, prayer is talking to God, it's talking with God. We all can and we all should pray. Prayer takes time, takes energy, takes concentration like communication in any other relationship but just like singing brings God glory. Prayer is another way that we show God he is worthy of our attention and affection, another way that we worship him. What does the Bible say about prayer? The Bible is full of prayers but because we don't have the hours to read through them here are just a couple. In Romans 12 verse 12 Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. In Philippians 4 verse 6 Nathanael preached on this last weekend Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And Colossians 4 verse 2 Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And on that verse, on Colossians 4, look at the words devote and watchful. If I'm devoted to something, I am with it 100%. If I'm being watchful, I am watching it 100%. Like an athlete who's training to get gold. they are devoted to their training. And when I'm at the beach with my kids who can't swim, I am fully watching them. I am giving them my whole attention. And friends, that's how God wants us to treat prayer, to be devoted to it, to give it proper and full attention. Now, of course, there isn't an exact way to pray, but I just wanted to give um, briefly share four practical steps in how we can pray, and then we're going to spend a moment together praying. The first one is thanksgiving and prayer, praise. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he started with, Father, hallowed be your name. The first thing Jesus did was praise God. And it is good and right for us to thank him and praise him. In doing so, we honour him for who he is and for what he has done. We rightly give him the praise and glory he is worthy of. The second is confession. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confessing our sins keeps us humble. Confession helps us with our feelings of guilt because we know that through Jesus' perfect sacrifice, the penalty of our sins has been dealt with. And most importantly, confessing our sins draws our attention to the grace we've been shown in the gospel, bringing glory to God in the process. The third is intercession. Ephesians 6.18 And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. Intercession means praying for others and it's important because it helps us remember others. As we're told in Galatians 6 verse 2, carry each other's heavy loads. Now I would love to tell you the many stories that I've heard about answered prayers, the miraculous answers, the ways God has moved unexpectedly, the way prayer has deepened faith. But instead, just let me tell you that prayer plays a central role in the life of a Christian. God tells us to pray for others, so pray for the lost, pray for the hurting and sick, pray for the lonely, pray for marriages, pray for the government, pray, pray, pray. And the last one is petition. In Psalm 86, verses 5 and 6, You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call you. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. Petition is simply asking God for things in our life, for healing, for guidance, for wisdom, for direction, for provision. God wants to hear our requests. And of course we need to remember that we don't always get what we think is best. But he will always give us what is right for his purpose and for his glory. You know, the beautiful thing is that when we petition God, we admit to him that we need him, and we do need him. Not only because he is the provider of all things, we need him because we are sinners in need of a saviour. But as we read in 1 Corinthians fifteen, fifty seven, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now we're going to spend some time in prayer, in thanksgiving and praise in confession and intercession and petition. And as I lead us, use this time, use this space to inwardly talk to God. And God, we thank you that we can come to you in prayer. And Lord, we spend time now thanking you for who you are, for what you have done, for what you are continuing to do. Lord, for the many blessings in our lives. confession, God your word says that if we confess our sins you are faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us. So let's spend time asking for forgiveness for the times we failed to recognise and follow him, follow his ways, for the times we have not heeded his promptings, for the times we have worshipped anything other than you alone God. intercession let's pray for the lost the sick those lonely and depressed for the government, for children wherever God leads you let's pray for others God hears our prayers he listens to our cries for mercy, seek him now and ask him for guidance, for healing for wisdom, for provision, direction right motivation, renew faith Oh Lord, what a joy and privilege it is to approach you in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for all you have done. We thank you for making the way. We praise you for the grace you have shown us. We give you alone glory. We praise you for the victory we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Church, can I ask that we all stand and we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer aloud as you follow me. The words will be up on the screen and after that our musicians will take us into another time of worshipping God through singing. So with our hearts lifted, please come into prayer with me as we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forevermore. Amen.